Welcome back for your bi-weekly pep talk, ladies and gentlemen. We are, uh, uh, you know, coming to you yet another week <laughs> of dealing with everything uh, around COVID and how it's uh, how it's working out. There, there are certainly rumblings that we're getting back to some sense of normal as communities across the the country begin to ease some of the lockdown restrictions. I, it's my sincere hope that all of you are are safe and healthy and and stay that way as we move forward. Um, I have a real interesting guest on the podcast today. We're talking to John Seagreen, and John has a long history in this industry, but uh, for a, a little bit now, he has been president of the Central Network Retail Group, or CNRG, and he is also an executive vice president of retail for Oracle Incorporated. And for those of you who don't know about CNRG, they, they, they operate uh, over 100 retail storefronts around the U.S. And so we thought John could give us a real interesting perspective on how those stores and all these disparate markets from, uh, from Washington and Oregon to North Carolina and Texas, they could kind of tell us a little bit about how their brands are reacting to some of the challenges presented by the outbreak and also share how what they're learning is getting funneled back down to other customers of Oracle. So we get a chance to talk to John about all that stuff. He shares a little bit of insight into what uh, CNRG is doing with their outdoor supply hardware stores that they began opening uh, late last year. These were the old orchard supply stores out in Northern California is where they're uh, opening some stores. So we cover a lot of ground with John today. So I'm glad you guys are here with us to listen to it. Sit back and enjoy. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, welcome back to the uh, uh, pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. This is Dan Trottencheck. And today, our guest is John Seagreen. And John is the president of the Central Network Retail Group. And he's the EVP of Retail with Oracle Incorporated. John, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be on. Uh, John, why don't you, if you don't mind, could you start out by, uh, uh, your, your title is certainly a mouthful, but if you could start out by maybe telling us uh, a little bit about what you do with, with Central Network Retail Group, or CNRG, uh, and what you're doing with Oracle, and maybe just give us a little bit of background about kind of what you did before coming into those groups, because you've had a pretty wide range of kind of retail experience that, that's coming along with you. Sure, uh, no problem. Yeah, I, I've been uh, in the business for uh, you know longer than I care to mention, probably uh, thirty plus years, and and I spent uh, spent most of those years in the industry, and uh, uh, after working for a couple of years for Procter and Gamble, spent the majority of my time with uh, with a company based in Michigan called Woolahan Lumber Company, and sure. uh, that's a it's a family uh, owned business and. Uh, was actually a, a fairly sizable business at one time, publicly traded for a little over 30 years, and uh, had as many as 65 stores, did about a half a billion dollars in sales. And, and uh, eventually that company, uh, we, we sold that business to, uh, to ProBuild in 2006, in March of 06, and that transaction happened. And uh, I, we actually worked with ProBuild for a few years, uh, on the East Coast, and then uh, joined Central Network Retail Group in 2012, early 2012, not long after uh, Boyd and Moore got going with uh, with that company, and and uh, have been there ever since. 
So, so what is your, you know, obviously you're president of CNRG today and you're, you're EVP with Orgel. So how does that exactly work together? Maybe you can also weave in, I, I think, I assume that, that a lot of our listeners know what CNRG is, but maybe if you can kind of describe what CNRG is and how it works together or is somehow related to your role with Oracle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, CNRG is a, is a retail company. So uh, we, we operate 109 stores, uh, 15 states. We operate them as 16 different brands, so you'll you'll not see C Energy on a storefront. It'll be always be the the name of, of the individual brand in the market, which reflects the fact that we've primarily grown by acquisition, done some you know 20 or 21 acquisitions over the years, uh, but we've also opened a, a number of new stores, but they've been added on to existing brands that we've uh, that we've acquired, and uh, we. We are multi-brand, as I said. We're also multi-format, meaning that we operate everything from uh, home centers and lumberyards to hardware-only uh, operations. So it's, it really kind of spans the format of, uh, or the uh, the entire spectrum of the industry. But uh, well, you know, one thing we like to talk about is that that we don't do that as a holding company. We're uh, we're we're one company. So the brands are separate, and we respect and uh, and and you know honor their legacy traditions and how they approach their customer base, but but we do that as as one company, and uh, that that meant that we knew to we had to get good at managing brands early on. That was going to be a really important part of the entire story, and uh, and that's really where Tyndall Advisors comes in because yeah, yeah that's Tyndall, the third that's the third group in yeah. this party is Tyndall Advisors. Yeah, exactly. So so you know Tyndall is where we really uh, you know focused on developing our brand management uh, skills, and and uh, so Tyndall provides management services and. And other services uh, like HR and marketing and so forth to, to a variety of industry uh, clients. The biggest client, of course, is CNRG, but it's by far, no, it's not the only client. And so, uh, you know, we uh, we take those programs and we utilize them at CNRG. We let CNRG serve as a as a laboratory, if you will, for those programs to, to test them and improve them. And then, uh, in some form, those programs are are also uh, made available. Um, perhaps in a slightly different form, but made available to Orgel's dealer base at large. And so it fits together as a nice uh, uh, relationship between the three. And so uh, at the beginning of this year, I've not been president of CNRG for a number of years, but at the beginning of this year, when uh, Orgel did some restructuring, uh, it, that's when they rolled together really three pieces uh, that all relate to retail, which would, which would be you know, my, my responsibility. One is CNRG. Uh, the other is Tyndall, and the third piece is Orgel's retail services programs, which would involve things like new store planning, store conversions, uh, market studies, and things like that. So, so in essence, what you guys are doing is you have all these retail brands that are operated through CNRG, and those are kind of your fingers in the marketplace, if you will, and you're learning things and trying things at those stores that now you guys, yourself, Philip Walker, who uh, works with Tyndall and with Orgle, you guys are kind of bringing those ideas back in that create best practices and programs that you can share with the rest of Orgle's customer base. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Dan. I mean, we, we like to think that that allows us to, you know, like I said, test those programs. And, and I think it provides an additional layer of credibility and transparency that, you know, when we go to the Orgle dealer base with a a program, you know, whether it's an NCAP program or a, a buying program or whatever it may be, uh, marketing, that we're able to say that we 
we actually use that in our own retail stores. We eat our own cooking, so to speak. And, and I think that again, provides an additional uh, amount of credibility and, and, and allows us to, to be very open with our dealers about what works and, and frankly, what doesn't. Yeah. And I think it was important. Thank you for kind of sharing those insights. I thought it's particularly important for the rest of kind of our conversation for, for, for listeners to understand how this works. And, and because what's, what's interesting about what you guys are doing with CNRG right now and today is that when the world changed uh, about three months ago, you guys had this hundred plus stores out there and 16 different brands where you had real world experience with how to react to what was going on with this COVID outbreak. And I'd imagine managing all those brands and managing those retail operations that are, that are dissimilar in a lot of ways has got to be a, a challenge on a regular basis, but with COVID had to kind of present not only a unique set of challenges, but really some unique opportunities from, to learn from all these these disparate entities and collect that information. Maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about how CNRG brands kind of have responded since the COVID outbreak, what you guys have seen and kind of learned and, and, and what you guys have been able to do to, to keep the operations going and customers and employees safe. Sure. Happy to. Uh, Well, I mean, first of all, I'd pleased to tell you, Dan, that despite employing some 2,200 people across those 16 brands, had just one confirmed positive case of COVID-19. And, and that person was super responsible, let us know right away so we could address it. And and, and that person's now doing fine, has been back to work for a couple of weeks. So we're, we're thankful for that. But yeah, we mobilized our store teams early on to implement you know, all the various uh, safe business practices related to COVID that, that you know, we've seen and talked about in different retailers, You know things like the social distancing, in stores, uh, boys wearing gloves, and, and more recently masks, plexiglass guards, and, and between cashiers and customers, and, and that's just to mention a few. We also eliminated the interstore travel of district managers or transfer trucks to avoid uh, you know, spreading the virus. We asked all of our administrative and non-customer-facing employees to work from home. Uh, of course, we implemented all the cleaning regimens and disinfecting uh, surfaces and, and readied ourselves for a deep clean if, if that's what we needed to do. Uh, we did things like taking temperatures at the start of each shift. Uh, and, and you know we were a little bit nervous about that, but based on everything that I've heard, our, our associates have been not only uh, willing to participate in that, but they've been thankful that, uh, that you know, we've taken that step because it makes them feel safer about coming to work. Um, then you know we put in a number of the uh, temporary benefit enhancements, things like uh, emergency sick days. Uh, we added some health care protections so anybody that was going through a reduced hours, whether it be through a voluntary wanted to stay at home or it was because, uh, you know, uh, due to the virus, they were able to make sure they didn't lose their health care coverage. Mm-hmm. And then we, we added a supplementary pay program, uh, which offers team members a lump sum amount on top of their regular wage based on their hours worked uh, during April was when we, we did that, but we've since extended it into May. So we, you know, we've done, we've done those things, but, you know, to your point, we really learned from the brands. Uh, So one of the advantages to having uh, businesses all around the country is we get to hear the perspectives of the managers and the leaders in those brands. 
and each of those people is highly attuned to what's happening in their individual markets. So, you know, as an example, when the virus broke out early in the Pacific Northwest, our teams out there at places like McClendon's in Seattle or Park Rose in the, in the Portland area, they were uh, among the first to deal with some of the issues like, you know, customers demand increasing on certain products or all the state and local regulations and things that were coming out or employees that were concerned about getting sick. So uh, those experiences there really helped shape us, make us ready for when eventually those things became more of an issue everywhere in a matter of weeks. Yeah. And, and let me ask you this overall, you know, just to kind of um, get a better understanding, how has business been uh, during these last few weeks Has business? What we've seen across the industry is generally business has been up at, at hardware and home improvement stores. Is that what you guys are seeing? The same, same kind of experiences kind of uh, uh, that, that you guys have uh, witnessed? Yeah, we've, we have seen a surge. Um, uh, you know, we've been fortunate, I think, primarily because the hardware home improvement business has been deemed essential. I know, uh, you know, by the way, thank, thank you, Dan, and to your organization. I know you guys were instrumental in making sure that, uh, you know, we did everything in our power to help influence that decision. And other than a couple of pockets where it was a little bit questionable for a little while, I think in every in every case, our business has been able to continue operating. So uh, that's you know that's meant that well, we have seen some increase in business. Uh, however, uh, we still are very unsure about what the rest of the year holds. Right. I mean, we think it it could be a bumpy ride. Uh, you know, we got unemployment that's probably 15, 20 percent. You know, we got to pay for the stimulus. We're seeing bankruptcies of companies that we once thought were 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 strong. Uh, stock market volatility, and then toss in uh, a presidential election in there. And, you know, it's kind of anybody's guess as what could happen. So, right. you know, we're, we're just trying to uh, take all that into consideration. We're thankful for the business that we have now. Uh, we think that's driven by a number of factors, but, uh, but we're also careful about what's coming next. Sure. Uh, everybody faced the same thing here. And, um, you know, uh, it felt for me at the beginning of March, and and I certainly saw you down at the Oracle Market at the end of February, and within two weeks, everything was different. And so things unfolded really fast. You know, going back to what you were talking about originally about CNRG kind of being able to serve as these laboratory stores and push your learnings out to other Oracle customers. Um, I, I know that I've seen a lot of Orgel's, you know, resources that they've provided to retailers around COVID-19. How much of that really kind of has, has, have you guys been able to contribute your feedback and how do you get that information back to Orgel to share with the other customers? That's a great question. That really starts with, with Tyndall, Dan, that Tyndall Advisors, that really serves as the connector, if you will, between CNRG and Orgel. So, uh, Tyndall working with both CNRG as well as its other clients helped uh, to develop much of those communication plans and other tools uh, when COVID became an issue. So for example, when you know, we, we modified store hours in our CNRG stores or where we, whenever we modified our marketing plans and obviously changed the messaging to be less, uh, you know, hey, come on in and you know, take advantage of a sale and it became much more informational marketing uh, the, the notifications that surrounded canceling in-store events, the notifications around reduced operating hours and those kind of things, uh, curbside service, uh, 
you know, all of those elements uh, of the business that, that most of our, you know, counterparts in the business have have uh, modified and altered as well. Of course, Synergy was doing the same thing. So uh, Tyndall helped Synergy brands develop those messages. Uh, and it was natural that Tyndall would then translate those same tools into a format that other dealers could use and, and, and adapt to fit the needs of their business and their market. So Tyndall and Orgel worked together to develop templates that Orgel made available on their website for dealers to use. Uh, Tyndall held a webinar, which, by the way, was, I think, Tyndall's highest attendance ever for a webinar that they've done. And, and you know, trying to get that information out to dealers. And, you know, when you think about it, that's really, you know, in a, in a small snapshot of what Tyndall does day in and day out. In other words, works with clients on, you know, projects and initiatives and then, you know, helps Orwell to translate that work into programs that are more suitable for all of its independent dealers and now, there's other other examples of that that have been in place for for years, but this is just one that was particularly interesting and and uh, you know rewarding because we were able to see our teams mobilize so quickly. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the speed or the things have unfolded. Uh, uh, you know, we I can recall in March. I just this is just one that I think about because we have we have a meeting every week where we talk about our our project for. Uh, some stores were opening in California, outdoor supply hardware. The old, and, the old orchard supply stores. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, uh, they were orchard supply hardware stores. We, we took over some leases and, and uh, are operating uh, a number of stores out there right now under that brand, but that project's still ongoing. So we meet every week and talk about where the status of that project is. And I want to say it was, it was our, our weekly call. I think it was March 9th. Uh, around that, that date, and you know, we went through our normal um, our normal discussions. And one of the discussions was turned to the marketing part of the call. We talked about grand opening we had planned for just a couple of weeks from the date of our call, and we talked about balloons and soda pop and food trucks and and you know promotions and all the things you talk about. And then and then you know, at some point we kind of said, well. You know, with all this COVID stuff, should we even really be having a grand opening? Should we think about, you know, and and then we huddled back up with Tyndall and uh, operations in the next couple of days, and and within a matter of literally forty eight hours, it became uh, went from being almost like a, a question we only asked as a, a bit of an afterthought to being something that we realized we would have been, you know silly to even think about having just a few days later. So that's how rapidly things were moving. And, and uh, you know, it's illustrative of, of your, the point you made in your question. Yeah. Before we uh, just uh, kind of a follow-up question to that, um, not necessarily COVID related, if you could pull that out of it, but can you tell us just briefly how things are going with the uh, outdoor supply hardware? Obviously you've had to take a hard left turn with all the COVID stuff, but I mean, it was, I, I was out there toward the end of 2019 and got to see some of the stores you guys were working on and, and uh, a lot of excitement around that with the employees and the customers and just really quite, I mean, fantastic looking locations where you kind of plucked a lot of the, the, the things that Orchard Supply had done right and, and have, uh, have uh, breathed a little bit of new life into them. So if we could, if you don't mind just taking a detour for a few minutes here and telling us kind of how those are going um, outside of, outside of, or up until March 9th, how was, how was everything going with those? Uh, well, it's going good. We, we uh, really began working on that project last year. 
uh, with the help of uh, Mark Baker, who is a former CEO of Orchard, uh, you know, uh, and uh, we, uh, we we have gone into five stores. We opened up two in 2019 and uh, three in early 2020, and have uh, five more under development and and uh, several others that we're considering after that. And so uh, it's been you know it's been interesting trying to get those up and running. And to your point, we really made an effort to, to have those stores be uh, similar to the format that people would have recalled, people in those markets would have recalled that uh, Orchard operated. They're not identical and, and you know, obviously uh, you know, not every SKU and not every product line is the same, but, but in terms of how the stores look and feel, we wanted to respect and, and, uh, and build off of that great legacy that that brand had in those markets. And, and that's, you know, I think that's been a very much of a positive uh, as we've opened those stores. I will admit I was concerned when we got to the spring and the, and the COVID thing did become uh, an issue because the, these particular brand, this particular brand, these stores have such a strong spring business, lawn and garden, live goods, plants, and then all, all the nursery items. And um, I was concerned that, you know, that was going to be the big push and would we be able to gain momentum there like we had planned without, uh, you know, all that business, but actually it's, it's gone very well, even though we haven't had the ability to offer some of the events and, and the, the marketing associated with it, even without that, uh, we've, we've uh, done just fine in the spring business. And that, that brand is, is continuing to build momentum every week and will continue to, to grow through the year. So we're super excited about that. Yeah. It, which kind of, harkens to, I guess, the next steps. Uh, I mean, have you guys given much thought to, I'm sure you have, but what is, as areas across the country right now, I mean, Indianapolis, uh, we're going to try in our next phase of getting back to normal is going to start on the 15th. And as we start seeing that in more areas of the country, what kind of thoughts are you guys giving to what will getting back to regular business kind of look like from CNRG brand perspective? I mean, our, our, um, it's not going to be flipping a switch. I'd imagine. What, what do you think, uh, what, what are you guys looking at is what the new normal is going to kind of look like at least for the short term? Yeah, I guess we're all kind of wondering if, you know, we're ever going to be back to, to normal, right? I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea of the new normal, but we're definitely working on reopening plans. And uh, you know, of course, safety first is is the name of the game. And we talk to our people a lot about that. One of the things we want to do is get back to our regular hours. Sure, okay. But we want to be measured and sensible as we do that. We recognize that our, our people are tired. To your point, business has been strong uh, during this, this period of time. And and our, our people are tired, but I'm, you know, I'm really proud of them. They've, they've really embraced the idea of being essential. And I, I think, you know, they've, they've taken on sort of a mentality of a, of a considering themselves essential and, and, yeah. and almost a first responder kind of mentality, not unlike they might in a hurricane or other natural disaster. I'm not pretending to equate the stress of, of waiting on customers all day, no matter how demanding it is to, you know, to triaging sick and sometimes dying patients, but but by the same token, I'm really proud that our teams want to be there for the communities. That's an important part of, of what we are. And, and I believe that in the long run, that creates uh, loyalty in the community and a bond that's very difficult to break. And frankly, I think that's a, uh, a very central element of the independent hardware dealer 
everywhere. So, um, and uh, it, but it does create the need to stay vigilant after you've been under that adrenaline rush of, of this period of time, you, you can't let things lax when it comes to the safety elements. And uh, it's crucial that we do everything we can to stay safe, including the distancing, cleaning, and so forth during the reopening. And I would say those things um, actually may be more important now than ever, because I actually, Dan, I think the reopening will probably be more difficult to navigate than during the height of the virus. And I say that because you know, each state or local government is going to have its own reopening plan. We're already seeing that. Each of the stakeholders that touch our business is going to have his or her own interpretation of what's safe and what's not and you know, where we stand and what's acceptable. And, you know, that creates the opportunity for things to be inconsistent. And I think inconsistency, uh, inconsistency can lead to, you know, uh, perhaps a uh, standards relaxing in a way that we don't want them to. So we talk a lot about that and we have a, we have a plan, as I said, and we talk to our team, uh, you know, every day about that. And well, so that's our thoughts at this point in time. We're going to continue to monitor it as it goes. What are some of the other things, John, that you guys, you know, I've talked to a lot of retailers that have said, you know, in response to things like establishing curbside pickup or how they've handled their e-commerce and so on, and, and that they've really kind of learned things not related to safety or social distancing, but just about operations during these times. Is there anything you could think of that, that you guys through CNRG brands have kind of learned about operations during this time that might be a positive carry forward as we get back to whatever normal is going to look like? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we go through one thing would just be, you know, flexibility. I mean, preparedness. We go through a detailed budgeting and planning process every year where we get together and with our operations teams, we go through every line on the, on the budget. We look at all of our key people in the stores. And, and then when something like this happens, you need to be able to, to adjust. And so certainly just one learning would be the need to be flexible as we, as we make our plans. But uh, I think also, Dan, we've really learned that there's, there's room to rethink what, the, the normal patterns that we fall into, right? So you get into those uh, cadences of, well, it's, you know, if it's April, it must be this promotion. If it's May, it must be that promotion. And we've had to alter those things this year because we couldn't have events and we couldn't do all the things we've we've traditionally done. And we found that there's you know, maybe another way to, to to make things happen. You mentioned curbside service, but, uh, but I, you know, I think, uh, you know, no different than I mentioned with Ash or I can think of other promotions. We have a big, pancake breakfast promotion and up in the McClendon brand, for example, that we couldn't have this year. And so uh, our, our teams came up with creative ways to have, have a, a, a ability to serve their customers with some of the same products as they've sold at those events in the past, but do so in a, in a manner that's safe and, and actually maybe will help us to think through which of those uh, events are essential, which of those elements are important, which can be maybe do without, and that'll, you know, provide an opportunity for us to maybe manage expenses uh, and so forth going forward. But I think finally, I'd say we've had the opportunity to stress test certain aspects of the business, uh, which, you know, will provide us the opportunity to improve uh, more quickly than probably would have been the case otherwise. And, you know, things like, like, you know, online, you know, the Bulpus type uh, buy online pickup in store, you know, that's, that's a business that for us was growing regularly, but 
this has provided such a surge that we've been able to really stress test it and, and learn where we need to you know, make additional improvements. And I know that, um, you know, uh, across kind of the CNRG family of brands, I mean, omni-channel has been something you guys have been talking about for a long time. And there's a lot of things that, that Orville has kind of worked on in helping build omni-channel. Is that, is that, how has that worked during the, the COVID time? I'm particularly at CNRG. Have, have you seen the same kind of increases in online shopping that I've heard from some other retailers during this time? Has that kind of been reflected in what you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, more in some markets than others, I think, uh, you know, that would be expected. And, but where, where, uh, where we have live shoppable sites, we've seen uh, dramatic increases, you know, 10 or 20 fold type increases in, in the uh, interest of, in people in, in using that particular service. And the fact that we were able to add the curbside service to it made a big difference as well. And, uh, but, you know, like I said, we've, we've also uh, used that to identify, you know, things that maybe we, we knew we would eventually get to because our business would get to a certain point. Well, when it gets to that point overnight, you have to make those, uh, make those improvements more quickly. And I think that's ultimately a good thing because it, it you know, helps move the entire program along uh, more quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I appreciate your uh, sitting in with us and, and sharing us w- uh, with what you're experiencing through CNRG and how that's kind of translating back to Oracle and getting pushed out to other Oracle customers. I got to ask you a question too, though. I mean, like me, I know you're, I mean, with with CNRG stores spread out of all across the country, you're, you're kind of a road warrior during normal times. And I was thinking, I've probably traveled you know, at least twice a month for 25 years. And now this has probably been the longest stretch that I haven't been on an airplane. How how are you adjusting to, to life under quarantine right now? Well, uh, I would say uh, I've adjusted. I mean, we're certainly getting plenty of work done, but but I, I miss the road. I got to be honest. I can't wait to, to see to see guys like you, Dan, and, and you know, uh, share, share a meal and, and uh, talk about the business. And, and I really miss being in the stores. I tell you what, uh, uh, you know, really proud of our team. I'm proud of our, our tech team for getting everybody set up to work remotely and all those kind of things. But, but there's a, you know, retail is a business that is, you know, at its heart about getting out in the stores and yeah. meeting with people and, you know, seeing customer flow and evaluating how, how the stores are, are, you know, merchandised. I mean, that's what we all love. If we didn't love it, we wouldn't be in this business. And so, um, you know, I really miss that. And I, and I know our, our VPs and our district managers, they all feel the same. They are just chopping at the bit to get back in the stores. Yeah. I, I don't know that if you would ask me six months ago, I'd say I, I really am uh, wanting to get back out on the road. I don't know that I would have said that six months ago, but now I'm, I'm with you. I can't wait to get out to some stores and talk to some people face to face. So John, I hope, I hope we do get to share that meal soon. And I'd love to, I'd love to have a good excuse to maybe get back out to California and see, see how the Osh stores are doing again, once this all blows over. Uh, I appreciate, appreciate your time though today, John. For, for sure, Dan, let's do it. I look forward to that. Thanks for having me today. Hey, thanks so much.